Welcome to the Live Your Bloom podcast, where I interview people about their ongoing journey to blooming and fulfillment. My guest this week is the multidimensional artist, Wanda Gronhavd, a musician healer who connects people to the divine through sharing love and holding space for deep emotion, especially loss and grief. And the older we get, the more we learn what that means. She is a vocalist, a songwriter, a pianist, and an author. Welcome, Wanda. Thank you so much, Sharman. I'm so happy to be here. Oh, so I'm so happy to have you because, you know, I've been a fan of yours since we first met in the Amplify program for indie musicians. I'll give a shout out to Cheryl B. Englehart because it was a fantastic program. Right now, we're listening to one of your songs called Pieces of Her Heart from the EP of the same name released in September 2020. Can you tell me more about this song? Yes, Pieces of Her Heart. It's interesting because that EP Though I did release it, I had an online show, it felt kind of like, it, you know, it fell because it was at the beginning of the pandemic. But I did write that song because I really needed to talk more about what it was like to have children whom I didn't have with me all the time. And though those lyrics aren't really specific, that the whole EP is kind of about that. It's like coming out as being gay was easier than letting people know that my kids didn't live with me all the time. And so, you know, that whole song really I don't know it hits me in the heart a lot I think that the music does that for people even if you don't kind of know what it's about but it really was about my first kind of encounter where my ex-husband and I were trying to decide about what to do around custody arrangement and I know that there are lots of people who need to go through that kind of experience right lots of people get divorced for tons of reasons but that's really what that song was about and how you know the pieces of my heart felt like I had to sort of give my kids up in a way in order for them to be all right, right? Not to split them apart. It was a very challenging time for sure. You know, and I give you a lot of credit because I think adults, parents, if they can communicate to their kids that I'm also your mother and the human being and I have my own path to follow, and sometimes you're not on it. Although, you're always there, but what is the best thing for the child? Because we hear the lines staying together for the sake of the child, which I'm not one to say whether that works or doesn't. And I think that's a very brave choice if you choose to do that, but it will be at the expense of your life. Yes, you know, I remember so. probably a year or two after I had split up with my ex, he actually was the one to point out that all the pictures in the year before when we were together, I looked sad and very, very unhappy. And he sounds like an extraordinary person to make that observation with no bitterness, you know? Yeah, not then, I don't think. But yeah, certainly he had his own journey to go through, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Well, I know that you are indeed a multifaceted creative artist. That's how I was drawn to you in the beginning, because I always said, boy, she comes from, she sings from that place. And that's very bold to do that. But now you are an author, a published author. In fact, your first book was just released, Shifting Sands, which I read in Kindle form. And I congratulate you because I found it to be such a brave, honest, passionate and insightful book in which you talk about many of the challenges that you have faced in your life. Why did you write this memoir? Thank you so much, Sharman. I wrote it because 
I really felt I needed to. And in the writing process, once I knew where to start, it kind of wrote itself in a way. I just really, I don't know, I felt compelled to talk about my experience. It feels really similar to writing music in the sense of, you know, it was for me as much as it was for other people. And the longer that I kept thinking I can't release it, I'd hear stories that other people are telling their difficult stories and how much it helped other people. I'm certainly not the only one who has had to be challenged with their relationship with the church, you know, when they've come out or their relationship with their kids and what they're doing with family. All the things that I end up talking about in the book are sexuality, like all of those things. It's not unique to me, but I do hope, you know, I was told by people, it's part of why I did publish it. This story needs to be told for other people. And I'm like, oh, aren't there lots of people who are telling the story? And Others have told me, no, it's not. There's not actually that much out there speaking about that experience from, you know, an older person. I'm 63. This happened to me in my 30s. But, you know, it's a specific experience of a specific time. Right. Yeah. And I know also that sometimes we have this illusion that the grass is always greener. And very often it is, but sometimes it takes us a while to get to that pasture because it's not about just boom. You know, I always wanted to be a witch like Samantha from Bewitched when I was young. (laughs) Boom, there we are. It's not like that. The bold move that you made probably revealed so many things about yourself that you needed to work through in order to get to that greener pasture. Yes, it took years. In fact, one of the stories that I was just revising yesterday for my retreat workshop I'm having on the weekend was exactly saying that, you know, it took 14 years of kind of Mm. learning about myself and getting out of crappy relationships. And it was a long, long time. Yeah. 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 And so how long did it take you to write the book? Yeah, I don't think the writing of it took that long. I wrote it up. We, you know, we have a cabin and I wrote it there mostly. And I feel like the draft probably only took me a few months, but then I had it, you know, I had writing groups listen to it and, you know, it took probably four or five years, I guess, before I felt like it was how I wanted it. Yeah. Then it kind of sat on the shelf for about six years. Wow. Okay. I convinced so, myself yeah. that I didn't want to publish it. It was just for me. And then, and I was in a call with Cheryl that we just talked about. Yeah. She talked about completing things so you could go on to other things. And I'm like, oh, I think I do need to do that. Good, good. Well, I'm so glad because it's, like I said, I thoroughly enjoyed the book. And even though I did not have the same experience, I did relate to the choices that you made, which were bold and brave, and they were hard, very hard. There was a price to be paid. And I'm so glad that it's all worked out for your happiness. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I feel that if I didn't do that, then I don't think I would have just been not living my own life. Like I realize now, but of course, that's all with hindsight, right? In the moment, I didn't know that. But 30 years later, it's like, oh, I'm glad I didn't decide because I know others who've decided to stay where they are and then reap the consequences in some way. Right, right. That's a price to be paid as well. Sure. Yeah. Well, you know, also, Wanda, as a composer, you are really quite prolific. You have three CDs, Awakening 2014, Shifting Sands, which is the CD by the same name, 2017, and Pieces of Her Heart 2020. What fuels your passion for writing music, writing and recording? Oh, I love to perform. I've learned that about myself. I really think the music, I mean, the 
first real songs I wrote was after I came out, it was a way of processing the feeling, the emotions and what my experience was and how, and to cope with it really, you know, I think of confessional poetry. It's a little bit like that. Although I've probably moved away from that somewhat, like it feels like the three CDs kind of are all about, you know, coming out the challenges and then that chapter's closed a bit and I'm writing about other things and moved into other things. Yeah, being prolific, I guess so. I just, I, it makes me think about the, my bio writer who in my second CD said, oh, many people never do a second CD. And I was like, oh, is that a thing? Like, it's kind of like people saying people have left music in the pandemic. I'm like, what? Why would you do that? Like, it feels so much what I need to do now. I don't even question that I'm doing it. And this is like an entire second life, a second career for you, because the whole first part of your life was spent in the medical field. Yes. And nursing. Mm -hmm. I do feel that some of the many gifts that I have from nursing certainly will help me doing mm -hmm. retreats and workshops and like being with people in that kind of space. And also, mm -hmm. I think with performing, it's also true. Someone has pointed that out to me, you know, like being able to be present with people is a gift that I had at the bedside as a nurse, right? That was my best gift besides, you know, the technical yeah. things and knowing medicine and all that, but yeah. being able to be with people in their experience. Yeah. That was what I brought to my work as a nurse. Well, speaking of passionate songs, let's give a listen to your most recent release from 2022, a song called Three Angels. You're in my son's eyes. My sister's eyes. You're I love this song. Can you tell us a little bit about what inspired you to write it? Well, the honest answer is that I was in a healing session. A friend of mine who I used to work with as a nurse is like a body talk person and she has all kinds of other experience. Mm. And well, we talked about many things. We talked about like who my, who were my musicians that inspired me, Katie Lang, Sarah McLaughlin, Joni Mitchell. Those are my three angels in a way. Yeah. But she also in a spiritual sense told me that I'd lost some of my soul when I was young and that there were pieces that came back to me. Innocence, safety, and now I'll forget the third one. But that was the inspiration for the song. And my mother was not well at that time. So that's why she also enters into it. And really where the rest of the lyrics came from, I'm not quite sure. I know like where the chorus, that makes sense to me. Not really sure about the rest of it. When I listen to the words, Although the part I like the most is, you know, about lies, right? The idea that once our secrets are revealed, right, we're really different people when that happens. Right. And I guess it's, you know, I think since I've retired in the last few years, though I've always been a spiritual person, it's been the biggest piece that's opened up for me. And that we have, for me anyway, I try not to put names on, you know, the universe or someone bigger than ourselves, our higher power, but there's someone else who's helping out or just that I don't have to do it. I'm a control freak, right? That I don't have to actually do it all, yeah. letting things unfold, which I don't know how one would have this particular career either, because you are letting things unfold, right? When you are doing entrepreneurial work or artistic mm -hmm. work, it's really outside of that very square kind of yeah do you know what i mean like going to a job getting paid so much like a very secure kind of yeah. experience right 
Yeah, but I am a believer in the universe aligning itself and leading you and opening up opportunities for you. Have you any experience with that? Well, the last while certainly feels that way. In September, I was starting to pitch this idea. I was calling it something else, but signature concert, workshop, right? Kind of the same yeah. thing around grief and loss. And I met this woman from a retreat center and like, she just understood what I wanted. Mm. She's booked me for a retreat to be a facilitator next spring and to also do a show. And I'm like, I didn't even know I wanted to do it. Right. Okay. Like now I know it, it kind of shifted my whole direction. Right. And right. I was like, wow. And then there's all this other space that's opened up. That's what I'm talking about, that kind of thing where you're like, I didn't even think about doing that. I, you know, I know I was led into writing and I never, I mean, I wrote term papers, <laughs> very good term papers, you know, but I never thought I was a writer. But then that's where the universe was pushing me and I co-wrote with somebody and I co-wrote with my husband a book. And I am working on a book right now and trying just to keep my mind free to express myself the way I want, and I will decide what I want to do with it later on. But it is quite an experience. I found it was interesting to shift from third person to first person, and all of a sudden it just took on a whole different type of thing. And it reveals to me my journey. So it's fun. I look forward to writing it. So we'll see where it goes. You know, speaking of the workshop, Besides being a musician, composer, author, you also have your hands in something else right now. So could you tell us a little bit about your recent workshop, Unfolding the Path of Our Grief? Yeah, so the idea of it really is to use art to help people process their feelings and to use questions to sort of open up the space and support them with music and stories at the same time and spoken word poetry i've started to write some of that which also has a whole other kind of feeling about it and i'm reminded by a mentor that i worked with for about a year and a half who said make sure it's medicine for you it needs to be medicine for you and for other people right yeah. so that certainly for me right now it's like what i'm offering also is medicine for me yeah, I understand that. Totally understand that. Because well, we both write from an introspective place. And I imagine that the workshop also feeds that part of you that needs to be expressed. I don't know about you, but there are some songs, every time I sing them, I just get a deeper understanding of myself. And I think a lot of other people relate to it better knowing that I'm coming from that place. Because I know that's what I like to hear in a singer-songwriter is to sing from that heart, from that space, you know. Well, and I do know, you know, if you are willing to be vulnerable, it opens up vulnerability for other people. It allows them to move into that part of their own heart. Right, right. Which we tend to bottle up and hide from so often. Yeah. Oh, yes. People don't want to talk about, you know, the losses. I mean, I'm specifically focusing on the losses we've had in the last couple of years. I know I just want to graze over things. There were lots mm. of things that were difficult. And mm. I think that we don't allow ourselves to then move forward in the same way if we're not willing to kind of allow the grief to be there and not just going to push past. Oh, you know, before we go any further, I would love for the audience to know you mentioned your cabin, but that's not where you live. That's where you vacation. I would love for you to tell them where do you live and what is your life like there? I live in a lovely bungalow in Regina, Saskatchewan, in a city of like 200,000. 
And yeah, my wife works in the day still. So I have lots of space to be able to do my work. So I think that's a piece. I'm a very disciplined person anyway. So that is what really allows me to have this life of being creative and entrepreneurial together. And we do have a cabin in the northwest part of the province that is a very basic kind of place, but it's close to the lake. And I don't know, I feel like I'd live there if I could. I don't know if that's really what I want, right? I just can tell our audience the just beautiful, absolutely beautiful. And if you are to visit Wanda on her Facebook site, you'll be seeing a lot of those pictures. Well worth it. What that brings me to the next question, which is about managing all the projects that you're in. You don't just conceive of them, but you finish them and you develop them. That is something that in my group, Live Your Bloom and the membership Work It, that is something that we are working on finishing what we start. How do you manage all that? Well, I think, you know, being a baby boomer, there is part of the culture that tells you to just get your work done. There's part of that, right? I think it's a personality trait. Also, it's just too important not to finish. Like in the passion part of it, right? It just feels too important not to. I think that, you know, my first project, really, I had been doing little house concerts and stuff before, but my wife kept saying to me, you need someone else to hear your songs. Like you need someone else. And that's when I went to this music producer who I knew through someone else. And Once I did that project, I think just, well, I finished it, you know, nothing too much happened with it because I didn't know what I was doing, but I think because I finished it and then I found other teachers, like I invested, as Cheryl would say, I invested in my own development, got somebody online to help me figure out what to do next as far as like building a business, sharing what I'm doing. And I just kept writing. I just kept writing music. And this is something that a lot of members, as we get older, we reevaluate the things that we want to do. And very often we'll say, I'm not going to waste money on myself. I don't say that because I've always spent money on my own education because I'm a musician, a filmmaker, and many things where I needed more information. So I took courses. But a lot of our listeners have creative projects that they've been dreaming about and holding on to for far too long. I call those projects dream seeds because they're there. You planted Mm -hmm. them. They're not going anywhere. They just haven't blossomed. And that's why I developed the membership of which you remember, where I just hold space several times a week for dreamers and procrastinators to meet, commit, what they're working on. We support each other and it feels wonderful. Just feels wonderful to be in the now that you're doing it. Now, lots of times these people work so hard and show up for everybody else, but not themselves. Allowing this inner critic, you know, to have far too much power. What do you have to say to them? Well, I have to say that, you know, as women who tend to be codependent on other people and other people are more important, it really does come down to some personal exploration as to why am I not putting myself in the center, right? I just heard a podcast with Melody Beattie who wrote Codependence No More in the 80s, I think. And she's still saying the same thing, more or less. Being able to say what I am doing is as important as anyone else. I mean, I guess for me, it was always my work in the nursing community too. I wanted to say to my colleagues, what are you doing? Why are you working overtime? Why are you not taking better care of yourself? But we have, our culture has told us this is how we're valuable, especially as women. I think that it takes a lot. So then why would you allow yourself to put all that energy into your own project? 
if yeah. you really didn't believe that it was allowed, right? There yeah. is some of the work to do. I say, like, if it's there, if it's still nagging at you and you're going to make that statement, you know, I always wanted to play the piano. I've always wanted to play the guitar. I've wanted to get back to my art. When you say I've always wanted to, it's the thing what's stopping you. Because there also is that thing when we retire that we have too much time. Oh, yes. And we have the choice to do nothing and put our feet up and watch Murder, She Wrote, and eat bonbons. We can do that, too. And there's nothing. Believe me, I have my days where I just call it a flex day. I'm doing nothing today. I'm tired. My brain's tired or whatever. But the thing that is most concerning to me is when you put a value on that project and somehow you come up short. I'm not really that good. Who wants to hear my book? Who wants to hear my songs? How long will it take me to play? It's about the journey. It's just about the journey because it's so joyful that it spills over into everything else you do. You just develop this sense of confidence and self-esteem that you wish you had when you were 21. <laughs> no, no, that is you the know? thing. You know, I think about why I started playing the piano more to accompany myself. It was really because mm. I couldn't afford to have somebody else do it. Yeah. And I was like, well, I guess I'm going to figure this out or else I'm not going to perform. Right. Yeah. It was sort of like, I'm not going to be able to share my songs unless I figure out a way to do it. Exactly. Yeah. You just reminded me of that. Right. It was like, yeah. oh, OK, well, I'm going to go back to this stuff I did and had when I was in my 20s. It's not totally lost to me. Right. Yeah. 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 You know what? I want to hear another of your compositions. And this is an upbeat song about reconciliation and forgiveness, which I told you, I love the fact that it's not t real serious and sad and languishing. It's upbeat. This is also from Pieces of Her Heart, and it's called Sorry. I'm so sorry. Sorry. love this song it's so such fun this is a different song for you though you know usually i don't hear this kind of rhythm it was a lot of fun what motivated you to write this one well my ex-husband was here in regina in 2019 mm -hmm. we went out for lunch he has family here he doesn't live here and out of nowhere i apologized to him for the fact that i didn't know enough about myself before and that i caused so much trauma shocking to me that I had more to say like we've been apart for 30 years and then I don't know a couple weeks later the song you know came up right it wanted right. to be written and I realized that all of the things in the verses were true mm -hmm. right we really mm -hmm. were young love and had these things in common and that was not the case any longer yeah and then I said I was sorry about the way it turned out for him but it also took me a long time to be able to see things from his perspective that probably is part of what happened Oh, sure. Yeah. And you do have two beautiful boys, right? I do. I do. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing this journey with us. You know, you're one of my favorite people. So I really appreciate <laughs> you coming on the program. And I have no doubt that a lot of my listeners will be inspired by your journey to bloom. Thank you so much, Charmin. I appreciate you so much and have loved knowing you for such a long time now, it feels like. It's only two years, I guess, but yes, thank you for your support and for your lovely words. And I love having this conversation with you. Always, always. And I just want to tell everybody that on the landing page for the podcast, all the contact information for Wanda is there, including where you can hear her music, where you can get her book, and who knows what she's going to be doing next year. 
<laughs> she just keeps evolving. Thanks again. <laughs> Thanks again. Thank you so much, Sean.